As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello, ahoy, and welcome to Always There, the Howard's Way podcast. I'm Julia Rayside. Thank you for joining me as I navigate through every single episode of the 1980s seafaring soap opera set in the fictional English coastal town of Tarrant. It would be a lonely voyage without you. This week, we're doing Series 1, Episode 8. And my shipmate this week is the multi-award winning author of the brilliant Mr Gum books, Andy Stanton. Hello. Andy, you look terrified. I'm bemused. Okay, I'm terrified. <laughs> your single earring is shaking with the terror that you're experiencing. Yeah, but and also with physics. <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> you and your facts. So, <laughs> that's my fact, that's it. Is it true that you've never seen Howard's Way before this week? Yeah, it's completely true. I can tell you my memories of Howard's Way in okay. the 80s. Please do. Every time it even threatened to come on, I just thought, I don't know what it is and I don't like the name, I'm scared, and I just get depressed. How <laughs> What was it that scared you? Just, I think, everything. It was abstract, not in a nice way, like the way, the Howard. I don't want to know about Howard and his way, honestly, right? <laughs> I used to get depressed when black and white films came on TV as a kid as well. Why? Just because they were black and white and we had colour now, right? And but they were boring, yeah. Yeah, and, and like the end credits that are just like, a sort. Of, they've trained the camera on like handwritten credits <laughs> or something with all the dots between yeah. the character, right? Yeah. And it was different with Howard's way. It was definitely in colour. Yeah, well, yeah. I, got, I just had a great sense of ennui and <laughs> malaise and was doom, that, I think, doom. Was that to do with Sunday evenings, going back to school the next day, that kind of thing? Yeah, maybe it was the whole Perhaps. gestalt, but, you know, I think it was maybe quite a large part of the gestalt. <laughs> OK, all right, well, so we're starting, from, we're, we're on a back foot here. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this episode... We're At least episode... we're on a foot. <laughs> we, we, we could be on the water, then we'd be oh, drowning. Oh, um, yeah. let's, let's try not to do that. I noticed a watery theme in Howard's Way when I watched it for the first well, time. Well, exactly. And you'll have to forgive the, the boating metaphors. Just I can't avoid them. They just keep happening. Understood. So, sorry about yeah. that. 
Well, you, you've got a really good episode because it's the first episode we really get to meet this character who's called, well, his name is Charles Freer, the guy oh. on the boat with the shades. Oh, yeah. So tell me what you thought of him when oh. you first saw him powering through the grey waves of okay. Tarrant. Well, firstly, when did we first see him? Well, literally the first shot of this episode yeah. is the mighty bow of his power cruiser yeah. banging against the sludgy-looking grey waves of the, of the Solent. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, he wasn't the guy in the... Did we just see him doing that? And we did, he wasn't the guy who interviewed the bald guy? Yes, that's oh, him. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. OK. Can <laughs> this I explain, is going to be a long can podcast. I, right, can I explain <laughs> at this point, right, that I'm quite face-blind and oh. I watched this episode not on your most legitimate of media. Yeah, that's OK. So yeah. it was quite fuzzy. Yeah. And, as I say, I'm quite face-blind. And also, <laughs> Howard's Way did seem to lull me into a sort of slight brain death. Did you sleep through this? <laughs> I, I watched about... The first 20 minutes, and, oh. and then I fell oh. asleep, and I found myself just... Uh, but that wasn't really down to Howard's way, right? I had a bit of a... Yeah, I had Just a, a middle-aged nap. Well, every day is like a grey rainbow, you know, when you work at home, and you can just zonk out. So the next day I got back on the horse, right? Okay. Or should I say the boat horse, right? And I tried to... and I Well, I did watch it again. I, I went back to where I, it was still making sense and it wasn't dissolving into dream, okay. and I watched the rest of it. I'd love but, to have seen the dreams you had after falling asleep during... Howard's way. They're bad enough without. Did you read my weird one about Bjorkon? Anyway, and uh, Facebook. um, Oh, no, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's horrifying. Um, Sorry you guys broke up, by the way. (laughs) uh, I'm not. She was was dreadful. Um, (laughs) And um, Okay, so back to this guy, right? Yeah, Charles. Yeah, I thought at various points, I thought he was three different people. Oh, no. Okay. I thought, and one of them... (laughs) Was called Ken, but I think he's someone else, right? Ken Balls. Ken Balls. Was Ken, Polo Ken Balls? Oh, yeah, okay. I thought he was Ken for a while. I think I figured out that Baldy was called Ken eventually. Yeah. I've got theories on him as well, right? Mm. But um, then I then I realised later on there was this guy with CK1 or something. That was his Ooh. number plate. And oh, that, that's, and that's CF1, Charles. CF1, that's CF1, Charles sorry, right. Yeah, absolutely, and, yeah. But I... Th- but I, at that point, I thought he was Ken, but then I thought, he, oh, he must be Ken with a C, right? Because everything else didn't make sense, so why should that? And then I eventually realised that he was Charles, but I still thought he was at least two other people, right? And one of them I've called implied moustache, because, right, he seems like a character who doesn't have a moustache but has an implied moustache. Oh, I know what you mean. It's like people who don't wear glasses but look like they wear glasses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I totally get that. Yeah, right, yeah. so he looks like he should have... And then later on there was this shot of a guy on a boat with these massive glasses, and that that's was him. Charles. Right, that's him again, isn't it? Yeah. But by that time I'd figured out that... Charles was implied moustache, but I still thought that that was a different character. Uh, you are so face blind. Yeah, yeah, I'm really face blind, right? Uh. And that guy I called Spirit of the 70s, right? <laughs> because everything else was so 80s, right? But this guy, his glasses just seemed to talk about like Bacardi adverts from the 70s. Yes, yes I know. And, well, this is good. This is like a code now. So later in this podcast, when you talk about either Spirit of the 70s, implied moustache, or, or bald guy, yeah, well, we'll know who you Well, mean, no, bald guy is, uh, I've got a different. Ken. Um, What's my name for him? I've got... Do do you want to carry on with this and I'll figure out what I think about Ken? Let's just plough on. Yeah. Much like the boat in the opening titles. Yeah, yeah. So first first off, we've just met Charles Freer in the episode before this. Um, He is a former flame of a character called Avril who works the boatyard with her dad. And she doesn't like him anymore. He dumped her. He went off and got married and left her. I think I called her um, 80s glamour girl. She has very high-riding jeans, I noticed. (laughs) They all do. And a shirt stroke blouse it's kind of like there's a lot of belted shirts going on yeah yeah Yeah, she was very much a woman of two halves like (laughs) divided by this chunko belt (laughs) maybe i call her chunko belt really good way to describe her so yes charles freer shades 
tan, like cruising through the, as usual, it's, it's always bleakly cold where this is shot. So they're supposed yeah. to look like they're having a lovely time in the sunshine. They're all, almost always forced to sit outside. It was really grey, wasn't it? freezing. It was very yes. cold. So anyway, we see Charles and then Ken arrives in the marina where Charles has done a handbrake turn and parked his motor cruiser yeah. and then Ken walks up the gangplank to go for it and they specify an early morning meeting with champagne yeah. because that's how things were in the 80s apparently and then they have this very businessy discussion with Charles and Ken talking about a possible cross-fertilisation joint venture something something blah blah it's all just well, I'll tell you what I thought about Ken please do I thought he looked very much like he's a tall thin bald guy isn't he and mm-hmm. he, he was wearing all white in that first scene right and Basically, he looked like one of the chief officers on a spaceship to me, right? <laughs> he looked like one of the guys that like Darth Vader or Kylo Ren would always issue commands to or briefs, and he'd just stand there and nod and go, yes, very good. And would he get like the stranglehold of Darth Vader before the end of the film? I, or would he make it to the end? I think he probably makes it to the end. Yeah, OK. Yeah. Have I, have I got his character down? I might have the yeah, wrong milieu. No, you pretty much have. He thinks he's cock of the walk, but he always ends up second fiddle to okay, Charles. OK, I'll tell or, you something. Yeah. At one point, I wondered if this whole series was set off planet. <laughs> Did you yeah, really? yeah. I mean, I started to. Yeah, You're totally serious. I'm totally serious. I found the whole thing beguiling, straight bemusing, beguilamizing. Beguilamizing. Yeah, You're yeah. really good with words. You should be a writer or something. Or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe then, maybe anyway. I'll buy a boat. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone, after seeing this, or uh, the first thing you always want is to, is to buy a boat. I don't know. I looked at like correlation of boat sales to when Howard's Way was yeah. shown in the 80s yeah. and uh, Go to, to inconclusive Skyrocket. evidence, to be yeah. honest. Okay. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe people just didn't admit to buying boats after seeing this. Or watching Howard's Way. <laughs> It was one of the biggest dramas of the 80s. Honestly, it was the most popular thing that was on telly. Do you want to get to the end of this? Because <clears throat> I, I will do that with my voice again. Oh, yeah, carry on. That reminds me of another character. He was gravelly. Yes. Oh, no, I know exactly yeah. who you're talking about. To him in a minute. Anyway, the business meeting goes on. It's like I thought he was Howard for ages. Carry on, um, carry yeah, on. No, and with the, the whole apostrophe issue, we'll come yeah, to yeah, that yeah, too. Yeah, okay, sorry. But the business meeting on the yacht, the hilarious everyone drinking champagne yep. at like sort of eight in the morning, yep. comes to an end uh, after nobody deciding anything. Isn't it? People in, in business meetings on this show never decide anything. Yeah, I they just noticed. agree to meet again. I noticed <laughs> like, that. What was that for? It was just an interminable yeah. business schedule. Yeah, and then it ends with a show, Mr. Masters, the gangway, will you? <laughs> Which is basically get him off my boat. Yeah, yeah. Can I ask you about the business meetings Please for a bit? Do. Well, can, I'm not I sure. know all about business. <laughs> Do you? No. Oh, well, maybe I shouldn't ask you. <laughs> well, okay, uh, I want to just get a bit of context for this, actually, yeah. right? How many seasons of Howard's Way were there? Uh, all in all, there were six. And how many episodes were there per season? Well, in total, there were 79 episodes, and I think it wasn't a consistent length. The first series is like 13, right. and then it, I think it then it kind of okay. changed. Because I knew, I knew I was watching episode eight of season one, and yeah. I just wondered how much yeah. the rest of the episodes oh. were about business meetings. Do you know, some of them get very busy. This is the most businessy one it, yet. I found it... Well, well <laughs> shall, I get, shall I let you go on for a bit? No, no, I think well, you I, should, I want I, to hear your thoughts and feelings. I was confused. How I got disturbing. A, I, it felt like, right, there might have been a story here. Yeah. It was almost... Almost like, um, what was it called? Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, the dead, right? It was like someone had said, there might be a story amongst these characters, but let's point the camera at all the bits that aren't a story, right? <laughs> so what it was, was this real, it seemed to me, it was this really weird limbo. Yeah. I felt maybe Prozac-y or Zolofty. Uh, it was very Prozac 
limbo of all the things that don't make a story, like it was people walking to lunch or it was a meeting with a bank manager, right? Yeah, there are lots of those. But, or it was telling people about how the meeting with the bank manager had got... It yeah. just didn't look like the bits of a story. And something else that I think the very next scene that you're going to come on to yeah, yeah, is yeah. the introduction of Gravelax. Yeah. Right? See, I know who you're talking about straight away. You don't even need to tell me. I thought he was Howard for a while just because uh... he was chunky. Yeah. And and I just felt like he looks like he's got some sort of, you know, he looks important. But I think, don't tell me, because I think okay. later on, yeah. he was Jack. Yes. yes. Well, not Correct. later on, he was Jack all the while, but he, I worked it yeah, out. Yeah. Jack was the only person in the show who seemed to talk with any real intent. Do you think so? Well, maybe not, but he had... Okay, maybe that's wrong. Maybe he, he just had a different intent. He sounded like an old-fashioned, very hard-bitten cop or stroke <laughs> inspector. Yeah. He was very like this all the time, right? And I've... um. I've got this sort of fantasy inspector character called Porks. And in fact, I've just written a Shakespeare, mock Shakespeare play for kids where the main character is wow. Porks. But that's the, it's a different Porks, okay. but I like the name. But basically, my Porks is all right. All right, chief. You know, he's been thrown off the force and he's very gravelly. He's and a he's, maverick. He's a maverick. And he's going, come on, chief, you and me, um, back together. It'll be like the good old bad old days again. You know? Okay, and, and, and so Jack this is bloke, this for you. Well, he was very rough around the edges. But here's the thing. The first time we see him, right, he was washing his hands in a little sink, maybe aboard a boat, and uh, he w- and he was washing his hands with probably imperial leather or yeah, something, yeah. and he was going like, if I was a rich man. <laughs> yes. And then something about the verisimilitude of that moment, the bathroom accessories, It was the. It, they were very evocative to me, right? Did it really? Yeah, they were resonant of like my grandma's house in the 80s oh, or something, right? She didn't nice. live on a boat. but I don't think he does either, to be fair. But, okay, yeah. well, maybe he wasn't even on a boat, right? <laughs> but basically, as soon as I saw him using the flannel and the soap and stuff, I suddenly just realised that I could definitely imagine all of the characters in this going to the toilet I could believe in that Whoa. I could totally that's believe that's quite a big moment yeah that yeah that means you believe them I could I believed in their he made I, you believe that I, they all could shit I believed in their I believed in their ability to you know to ex, what's the word excavate no expel well, that, things from their body that's a nice way of saying it yeah, well yeah, yeah. to expel things from their body mm-hmm. I found that that coloured how I felt about the whole thing that's mostly what Were I could believe were you profoundly moved them. or um, no I wasn't profoundly moved okay. I was I was, felt, I, I was a bit shocked at how visceral the whole thing was when wow. I that I would get such a strong reaction to that. Ah, okay, well let's let's move on to accessories. some plot. I will prove to you now that there was some Yeah, plot. go nuts. So we briefly see Jack he's getting ready to go and meet the bank manager but for some reason decides to fake illness to Avril, Oh yeah, so and that's he when he most the office. That's when he most seemed yeah. like the character the inspector porks to me. He was like, oh, I'm just going to rough him up a bit, Sarge. That was a really bad... But I kind of hoped that he'd cough like that throughout the thing, but he didn't. No, I think I think that would get he quite was... annoying after 79 I'd episodes. I'd enjoy it. Anyway, OK, cool. Um... Well, that, that's what would get annoying after 79 episodes, OK. Yeah, I've watched all 79, obviously. Obviously. It's more than once. So Very Tom much. and Avril are in the mermaid boatyard. This is like a big sort of centre of action oh, in Howard's Way. Remi- remind me of who they are again, because I, I didn't know their name at that point. I've worked them out later. So Avril is Jack's daughter. He's just phoned her to say he can't come into work Oh, yeah. She, sorry, she's um, she's a 80s, belt, chunko 80s belt. 80s woman of chunko two belt, yeah. And Tom yeah. is Tom Howard. 
And if oh, that gives you any yeah, yeah, you know, I got it. Okay, yeah. I didn't know he was Howard at the time. It took me about 35 minutes to work out <laughs> that he was Howard. But I like that they don't all say each other's names all the time, like like a lot of bad dramas do, have everyone yeah, calling but, each other by their name, like right. Andy. So, you know, the bit in the... So, Andy, yes, I hate Julia. it when they keep... Yes, I hate that, I hate yeah, that. But so they they did don't a, do that here. No, they, they found a different way to do bad dramas. <laughs> yeah. Shut up, God! <laughs> well, it was interesting. Yes, Let's in abstract on. ways, yeah, I'm, <clears throat> I'm carrying on. We are now no longer friends. So, Tom and Avril, did you work out that something had gone on between the two of them because they were being really awkward with each other in the office? No. They literally had a conversation about how they should really just keep things strictly business. And oh. it was all looking at their feet and being uh, really awkward. Well, here's another thing, right? Yeah. I, did, I was a bit slow on the uptake. It takes me a while. <laughs> I'm not very bright when it comes to following <laughs> stories. And like I say, the story was pretty hidden in this thing. No! Uh, uh, right, so I, I, di- I didn't immediately work that out, but... As it went on, yeah. I found that my theories on who was together and who was a couple were oh. really fluid. Oh, that's interesting. Like, I thought that um, Commander Spaceman <laughs> was with um, Howard's wife. Oh, Jan, yeah. So, no, there is definitely, well, there's heat. He, I could see that he was trying it on with her later, but for, yeah. a, for a while, there's, there's bits where he calls her love, and I, I was know. like, oh, they are married. But yeah, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I think he'd like them to be, and uh, yeah. she likes flirting with him. Right. But she's still very much married to Tom, although it's definitely yeah. on the rocks. I had no handle on this in the first time I saw yeah. Howard and Jan. Yeah. So, no, so Tom and Avril, who are... Oh, sorry, Tom I meant, Howard, sorry, I meant Avril, Tom and Avril. Avril. Yeah. Hold on, Avril is... Avril is woman of two halves. Oh, sorry. A- he was with Avril? ages. Yeah, so he got off with her. When? So, like, the night before in this timeline, the two of them were, like, getting off with each what, other. What's Tom's wife called again? Jan. Oh, yeah. Okay. Jan doesn't know. Oh, uh. Yeah. Hold so, on. so Jan's husband. Has, this who, did, who did we see in this opening-ish scene? We saw Tom and who? Jan or how? Avril. Tom and Avril. We saw Tom and together Avril, and we, and we saw the awkwardness. I didn't see the awkwardness. Oh no! They, I, li- I, they literally said, "Are you thinking we should keep this strictly business?" I, I was no. I yeah. wasn't awake at that. I mean, you I was awake. So I was just. I was not just tuned into. I, I was tuned into it by the end, but I didn't. I was tuned into a different. Anyway, so they were, were they were I awkward think. with each other because they'd basically done face sex the night before. And they both unconvincingly agree that they're not going to do anything else because he's married and she's trying to keep it professional. But there's clearly some unfinished business there. Then it turns out that Jack, the dad of the woman of two halves, the gravelly, yep. gravelly man, he has gone to Barclays Bank, which we yeah. like to see the uh, logo outside. I, that, now that, nice. right, that I thought like... You don't see that so often these days, no, do you? No, you don't. That was quite. I was quite nostalgic for yeah, that. Yeah, no, it's lovely. I like. There's a lot of nice details in this episode, actually, of sort of historical things that we remember mm. as uh, the, the telephones, especially. I remember as just being normal, mm. and now I look at them and think they're antiques, and that does make me feel scarily old. Also, you don't really hear many people using the word kraut anymore, which is probably a good. I thing. didn't hear it in this. I missed that. <laughs> Jack says to the bank manager that a job he thought was going to come to oh, his yeah. boatyard has now gone to a German boatyard. But he doesn't say German. He says the much more rude version of that. Oh, yeah. That anyway, is, the yeah. bank manager tells him what we all know has been coming because, you know, we know Jack, he's rubbish. The bank is going to have to foreclose because he can't repay the loan that he's not paying back for months and months and months. Yeah, there was a bit where he said... There, I like, I tell you, there was a good bit of dialogue here where he said something like, well, you know, it might... I've, I've got good prospects or something. Mm-hmm. And then the bank manager says something like, oh, well, you know, you're always saying that. And then Jack goes, yeah, that doesn't mean it won't happen, though. <laughs> I thought that was quite good. I thought that I thought He's was forever good... optimistic. Yeah, yeah, well, I thought that was quite good philosophy from Jack. Yeah, I but think the so. The bank manager didn't seem so impressed. Well, the big tension in this comes from the fact that his boatyard has only ever made wooden boats. Yeah. Oh, can I talk about this for a bit? Yeah, this is going to be a subject that comes back oh. again and again. So you must, yes, please. Right, well... As it went on, Jack kept Jack began using the word yard 
more and more and more as it went on, almost as uh, profligately as the Smurfs <laughs> used the word Smurf. Like he just seemed to be able to just use it any way he wanted. Just like, oh, I really yard that. Um, yeah, another. You've got if you if you yard that, you've got another yard yarding, right? He, but he hadn't used it so much at first. But as it went on, I started to tweak to the fact that maybe Jack yeah. had some sort of stake in the yard, right? Yeah. But oh. I grew up in. London, basically, right? So not a boat yard? No, maybe okay. very much not a boat yard. Okay. But I felt consistently isolated by the concept of this yard, right? Or I just, it, did, it didn't resonate with me. Not okay. like the, uh, the bathroom accessories did, right? <laughs> but but the, I could never get a grip on the yard, but it okay. seemed so important to Jack. And, and me, I've got a couple of lines from Jack later in the episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I do that? Because, Please. I'm sorry if I'm jumping about all over the place, no, but I'm I, just I trying to untangle the whole mystery. I think that's mystery. best. <laughs> I don't want to startle you. Uh, okay, oh, this is good, right? This is a scene later which my notes say, the old woman and Jack talked now and again. The old woman was never afraid to give Jack a piece of her mind, <laughs> right? And this is what Jack said to her later on, about 45 minutes in, I'd guess. Yeah. I fought for that yard, Kay. Lost sleep, sweated blood for it. And what's it all been in aid of? Nothing. <laughs> Everything I've specialised in over the years has gone. And they play inspiring music behind that speech, don't they? Like, really kind of like he's doing the speech at the end of some inspiring film. And it's for this yard, right? And I've never heard the phrase, everything I've specialised in over the years has gone, right? (laughs) And then also, just soon after that, he goes, the building of wooden boats has been my love and my life. And I had not pegged him for a craftsman up until that point. First, like I say, he seemed like the cop. Then later on, he was obviously Mr Big on the board, right? Yeah. But later on, he's like... He's almost also this artisan, like the world's first hipster and oldest. And I was like, I didn't buy that. He looks too chunky. I can't believe yeah. those hands are capable of any You never any see real him detail. making a boat Thank of any you. kind. Thank you. I picked up on but some he, sort of miscasting, maybe. But he has this character called Bill, who's his sidekick at the yard, who's been by his side for the last 30 years, sort of, you imagine doing the actual work and you see him up a ladder all the time doing something uh, to a boat. And then there are occasionally, when they can afford the extras, there's the lads who are also doing things to boats, but on I'm, the whole, nothing really seems to come in or go out of the boatyard. It's I'm, like Wonka's factory. I must, I must say, it surprised <laughs> me that Jack, Jack's character, had to do double duty as like a hard-talking, gravelaxed voice, yeah. bored guy, yeah. and this artisan. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. 
Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. By the way, I've just remembered what I uh, called a Howard's wife for a long time. Oh, yeah. Boutique lady. That's it. She's, she is boutique lady. Right. You see, these names are actually quite helpful because the essence of the character is right there. So talking of boutique lady, yes. the, the next scene we oh, see I love is this scene. The, the, she... dri- the driving of the silver mini metro. It, yep. I don't know. In previous podcasts, we've wondered whether there was some kind of secret product placement deal. The BBC, they shouldn't have done it. But this this mini metro is is driving attractively in almost every episode. Uh-huh. At least oh, two right. Yeah. I, it, it didn't impinge so much on my consciousness or, <laughs> because what I really liked when she got, she's going to Rosen's now, right? Yeah. Okay. Ah, yes, Rosen's. Yeah. Ah, yes. Now, right, another, another introduction of ethnicity into yeah, the... Uh, Rosen the was very much what I would like to call a hooky dunnosy. <laughs> right? And he was, he was very much your Jewish merchant. He, he really was. was he was a cloth he? merchant. He was in the Schmutters craze <laughs> and he was called Rosen, right? And he may as well have just been rubbing his hands one over the other throughout, right? Yeah, he was very much... stereotypical. He was very much a hooky dunnosy. <laughs> and, um, but what I really liked about that whole scene... Well, he was a weird one, though, right? He yeah. was quite inept, yeah? And I'll tell you for why. Because firstly... <laughs> I'll tell you for why. I'll tell Go you on. for why, OK? <laughs> firstly, right... He you tra- can say that, I can't. Yeah, yeah, I can say a lot of the things I just said that you can't. (laughs) That's right, folks. And he is Jewish. I'm so Jewish. (laughs) Oh, and in fact, earlier they had, you know, like I said, they had Jack going. If I was a rich man, so what is the under, uh, what is the underlying current of Howard's way? Do you think there's some, there's some shit going? Down? Howard's oy vey, more like. <laughs> now that was spontaneous, guys, and it showed. That was that's the best thing that's happened on this whole podcast. Oh, amazing. that's depressing too. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, I thought I was nailing this, right? Uh, <laughs> but no, that's that's going to be the high watermark. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, I'm really going now. See, okay. see, I told you this will start happening to you. You won't be able to help. The boaty puns will just start coming out. Yeah, yeah, hopefully that is the end of that. I'm just looking at my notes, right? Talk people... to me about Rosen's Yeah, I'm going to. But around it, it just is... says, people just doing chores. <laughs> right, and again, what I saw here was Boutique Lady, and this is where I found out she was Boutique Lady. Yeah. She was just doing a chore. She was going to Hookie de Noses to buy some cloth, right? And I didn't really understand why he was so keen to foist these rubbish dresses on her, right? So he was like a reverse Hookie de Noses. He was rubbish, right? He was like, why don't you buy this cheap schmutter? And, and like, she was like, no, have you actually got anything really... Really expensive, right? So then he goes. And it was really expensive. Yeah, well, I guess it like was three hundred quid for a dress. Yeah, although in he let her have it for, for like one hundred and ninety in bulk or something, yeah, right? Yeah. So she something. bought four. Oh, she bought four. <laughs> but yeah, he, so he was rubbish. He he tries Terrible. to get her with the cheap stuff, and then she goes, "No, I really want to pay some money." Yeah. But to be fair, she outhooked him, right? Because yeah, she did. She revealed herself to be an absolute champion of bartering, yeah, which did. I'm quite good at bartering, actually. Are you? Yeah, I pretend to be Larry David when I do it, and <laughs> and. In my head, which is uh, just, huh, I like it, but do I love it? Do, so if, you do, if you do it with that kind, I, I, don't, I don't know, I don't know. I, do, I love, me. do I love it? Yeah, 
Yeah. Just make it sweeter for me, you know? And like, if you do it with that nice attitude and everyone enjoys themselves, so I should do a whole podcast about that. I'm quite good at it. Yeah. But, um, but I did like this, right? He shows her this. She instantly goes, yeah, that's lovely. It takes her about two seconds to decide it's really good quality. Yeah. She doesn't really... And then when he's writing down the order, he just goes, da-da-da-da-da, and six of the specials. I know, no, he does. The specials. specials. The spe- what does that mean? It's like, you know, a better class of kebab she's just ordered or something. <laughs> she's bought the shawarma kebab or something. Anyway, that was weird. She's convinced Ken, the bald man. Commander yeah. Space, yeah. She has convinced him yeah. to stump up the money to basically give her a boutique to run. She wants to start a fashion empire. Such now, an Jan, odd plot. In, so odd. in context, Jan, about three episodes ago, was just a housewife, just driving around Hampshire and her So this is, her, this is the arc of her season, And is she's it? becoming empowered and business She's turning money into Alexa, obsessed. what's her name from her kind dynasty? Kind of, yeah, or? Alexis, yeah, a little yeah. bit Colby-esque. Yeah. But, you know... She, can can with, I ask a question edge, about this? Or please, are you always. keen not to give spoilers about future well, top developments? Well, I mean, you know, let's... Ask me and we'll see. <laughs> okay, does she die? No, okay. It's, no! Um, no, 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 it wasn't that. I, don't, I can't imagine any of them dying, but uh, no. I think... Um, no, no, it's all right. It has its own weird other dimensional charm. Yeah. <laughs> okay, no, my question is... Okay. Her rise to power mm. as a boutique lady, does that go throughout different seasons? Does it go oh, on and on? Oh, yes. Uh, how big does she get with it? Well, I don't want to give too say. much away, okay. but, you know, yeah, she oh, expands. I noticed something way. else about this... Uh, show which I think you touched on briefly as well it was just so full of diversity boy it was so ahead of its time it was it was should have been called Diversito's Way it, it was, was 1985 I, they didn't I, do badly they, 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 it was pretty white I mean they it's were totally all on white. boats yeah it's there really white there is one white. Asian lad who works in the boatyard and, and he has to experience racism in the workplace uh, that's his character's I saw, I saw some Indian children playing in a playground at some now point. that's because they went to Southampton they went to the big city Okay, right. uh, and that that conveys urbanity urbanity? Uh, yeah, that's... Urbanity. Urbanity. Yeah, that that conveys what we like to call the bananas of life. That's it. Well, from what you said, maybe Rosen does come back as quite a character. I, I was, like, fantasising that he becomes quite a big character in I, it. I, it would be kind of nice if he did, but I think as her business grows, she doesn't want to go shopping with old Rosen face. She, she'll she'll go to London. She talks in this episode about it, wanting to check out the it, bigger fashion houses in London. She's not going to bother with him anymore. The, the, it seemed that anything could be a plot in this thing, so yeah. I just thought Rosen walking around <laughs> having tea could be a strand, that's all. Definitely all right. not. You, I'm afraid he is a peripheral character. I've done too much research, haven't I? I mean, I'm just thorough. And I've got... It's like the prices of fabric in 1985. In Is there a Jewish quarter of Southampton? I'm just guessing that's where she went. Probably the, the East End it usually is. <laughs> that's the sea, Anyway, enough of this. Yeah, go on. So that's her fashion empire started. And then we go back to the yard. Oh, the yard. Where Davy and Leo are talking. Leo is Tom Howard's son. He's very insipid, very nice. Uh, he's, he, he's Rodney. I called him Rodney. So Rodney, exactly. Yeah. Perfect. And that then. girl he's after later on. Abby. Yeah, that's his sister as far as I can tell. She's very <laughs> Mousy. It's Rodney and Rodney's sister in my head. So Rodney is looking everywhere for Rodney's sister, yeah. though I don't think it's right that they should be siblings when what happens later happens. But anyway. Well, um, I, I thought that so... was quite sparky. I thought that was yeah. quite an interesting yeah, plot yeah, line yeah. in my head. So she is an unhappy little rich girl who has run away from home. Uh, her mother doesn't understand she her. She doesn't seem rich at all. She seemed mousy. Well, no, she deliberately dresses uh, in that manner. She's dowdy. I'm afraid that word comes back again and again for Abby. She is dowdy. She's deliberately dowdy. She, she dowdifies to... herself. Yes, she does. She wants to hide her light under a bushel. She runs away to Southampton and very quickly it seems because she only ran away like five minutes ago she gets a job in a school primary school or something yeah, yeah. and she gets a bed sit and then we find out obviously oh, yeah. when, when later on we'll catch up with the, the two of them again when Leo finally finds her yeah. but we find out why she's run away from oh, her oh yeah so anyway she tells him and then she says I don't like to talk about it I think it's a bit late now <laughs> it's like yeah well then why did you tell me mm. she's a very funny girl 
Avril and Tom at the boatyard, they're talking about his plan to save the boatyard. As we know, the bank is about to foreclose. Yeah. They're going to find that out in a minute. There's no oh, money. My. So Tom Howard has invested a lot of money in the boatyard. There's a lot at stake for him because he's given up all of his worldly goods to try and keep the boatyard going because of some romantic dream about designing boats. He's a former aircraft Howard designer. Has. Yeah. What, what, what's his relationship with Jack? I couldn't work that out So at all. he has bought into Jack's failing boatyard because they need his money and he needs his dream of being a boat designer he made his own boat it's called the flying fish it's like the boat that is the in the opening titles that you see sailing so he designed that boat and he really wants to do it professionally so he invests a lot of money the boatyard's failing they're about to go under ah under the waves and then he and avril are talking because he's just come up with this new design and if his new design works andy is shaking his head if his new this is really important so if his new design works it's all just a bit bitty isn't it yeah (laughs) no it's not at all it's a through line but if his design works then it will save the business they can license it they can get royalties it's amazing they'll be rich the reason I thought it was set off planet was that I just didn't understand any of the locations at all. They just look oh. like spaceports to so me. have you not been to the south coast of England? No, I'm not. I mean, I must have, but not for a while. And okay. Like, not, not since the 80s, probably, but no, not for a while. But it all seemed like any scene could equally have been on water or on land or in okay. space to me. Yeah, just floating. Yeah, it's no in, atmosphere. It's, well, yeah, no I, atmosphere. I, I know this part of the world quite well, so it obviously had a bit more resonance for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he says, I've licked it, which means his his boat design has passed all the tests okay, and they can yeah. now go into I, I was very much playing catch-up at this point and or, not catching up. Or apparently the, the tests came back and his design has near-perfect laminar flow. Wow. I don't know what that, that is. That sounds brilliant. Yeah. So they're really happy because they can now make this boat, they think. So they hug. Why do they think that they really think they're going to sell this amazing <laughs> boat and get rich off <laughs> yeah. this boat? Yeah. That's, what, that's their plan. <laughs> yeah. Not build a better mousetrap, build this laminar no, flow boat, no, yeah? No, no, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That There's is, a gap in the market. It's They've a done crazy their plan. Just design well... a good chocolate bar or something. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> they haven't got the facilities to make chocolate bars. This is not Willy Wonka. You're getting confused. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. Leo, yeah. the yeah. miserable, slightly watery sun has now come Rodney, back from yeah. Southampton yeah. Rodney is back and Rodney catches Avril yeah, and his Yeah I saw this right I've got a note on that. I... And his disgust is twofold I... because yeah. Rodney quite fancies oh, woman of two I've halves got... and he's crossed his dad's possibly cheating on. Some boy's Mama. mother was having a cuddle with a man was what I noted down at that point. <laughs> there you go. So, Show ho- me on the doll where did the man cuddle the lady. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, it's yeah. that isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay got it all down. So now it. they're just having a platonic hug but it doesn't look good yeah, to Yeah it doesn't. Leo. It didn't look platonic at the time I've got to say. It didn't really did it? They were kind of you know there was contact from I top to I picked that much up I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not well, stupid. There you go. So Leo is pissed off because as we've been seeing over the last few episodes he's got a bit of a fancy for Avril himself. Although his affections are split because I think he's growing close to Abby Dowdy. Now we go back to to the Silver Mini Metro because we haven't seen that for five years. Oh, yeah, OK. And Jan comes back to the office to Ken. Boutique Lady comes back to Spaceman, yeah, OK. OK, so Boutique Lady Spaceman. You're going to have to translate for me, all right? Oh, no, that's totally fine. We can, we can all get there, don't yeah, worry. You look like you're getting a tension headache. No, um, no, I'm enjoying this very much. It's, it's a good workout. And normally he's quite supportive of her because he's trying to... I think he's basically trying to get in her pants, so he's, oh, he's giving her responsibility her and he's sort of flattering her independent spirit and sort of saying that he likes that about her. But then she comes back from this meeting and really pats her on the head and says, oh, you know, how did it go buying clothes in a warehouse? It's yeah. exactly like buying groceries, I know. It? And just like really shat on her a bit, which I thought wasn't very nice. But then she said, oh, I don't know. I don't normally get a discount at the supermarket. Yeah. And then he instantly goes... Oh! Yeah, then, then, that, his, then his boner comes back. Yeah, yeah. it really does. It, so with she, a impress, she impresses him. <laughs> Nearly poked me in the eye through the screen. <laughs> 
Jan has really impressed Ken, but, you know, she doesn't have to do much to impress him. His tongue is hanging out for her most of the time. Uh, and then we return to Charles Freer. And now what are we calling him now? In- insinuated moustache? Oh, in this, at this point, what's he doing in this scene? I'll tell you who He's I thought he was. with his business associate, Gerald, uh, walking from the boat to his Rolls Royce and then driving off. At this point, he was definitely implied moustache to me. Implied moustache. Almost every time he has any discussion with Gerald, who we haven't really properly got to know yet, yeah. he's his, his right-hand yeah. man. He gets a plot line later. It's quite fruity, actually. He's, um, don't, don't just answer this yes or no. Uh, Gerald's not Meadows, is he? No. OK, don't say anything more. I've got, I want to ask you about Meadows later on. OK, good. So, every time Charles talks to Gerald, somewhere the line is always included, I'll see what happens when I present that to the board next week. He's always presenting something ah. to the board next week, like every fucking time. Anyway, so we establish in this scene, they're trying to get into business with Ken, but mostly because they want to buy his hot waterfront location where his chandlery is based. Oh, they yeah. don't really want Ken, they want his land. Yeah, he was onto that right at the start. In the exactly. first scene, he was yeah, saying something no like that. Yeah, he's no, no, no fool. Well, he works on a spaceship. But we establish here how ruthless Charles is because Gerald says, you know, what if he doesn't agree to the terms we're offering him? And Charles says, if we can't go through the front door, we'll have to go through the back. I know. To which Gerald replies, some might call that hitting below the belt. Well, it's a mixed metaphor. He's talking about going through doors Mm. and this guy's talking about punching people in the willy. (laughs) So they're all all over the shop with that. Or beneath their chunky belt. By the way... Yeah, I noted down a line of dialogue from about this point. It was this. It was, I've just been on to a merchant bank who seemed quite interested. <laughs> and you're just like... I can't Hi, are you interested? I, I can't latch on to that. I mean, you know, I was interested. I think, I, I I was, think they... Yeah, that, that was thrown in in slight desperation because uh, it wasn't, obviously Jack was trying to find alternative tell ways you, to fund the boat. I'll yard. tell you something. I heard the phrase merchant bank three or four times yes. in this episode. And I don't think I've heard the phrase merchant no. bank in a drama before. No, because normally, just in normally one it's rhyming slang. Isn't it, Merchant well, Banker? It's just, it's just not. Uh, how do I put this? Dramatic. So you're not going to put any in your novels, like in the future. Well, that, you know, kids, kids do love Merchant love Banks. <laughs> yeah, so I might do, but but that, that's for kids' books. But I wouldn't have expected to see it in a grown-up drama. Well, anyway, like now Lee. let's move on to feminism, oh, 1985 yeah. style. All right. So Lynn is Tom's daughter, Jan's daughter, Leo's sister. We first see her in this episode. She's working behind the bar oh, at yeah. the yacht club, which is her, you know, her this job. This is Tom's daughter. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, she's sailing mad. Yeah. Tom, unfortunately, oh, to yeah. raise money to go into yeah. the boatyard, had to sell her boat. Well, yeah. the boat that he now she wants sail. to. She wants to get on a fast boat and do something. She's desperate. Be a racer. She wants to sail in a very famous yachting race called the Fastnet which is something she's tried to do by other means and it's all gone a bit wrong. And she was snubbed by this, well, the gold blend guy. This is feminism in action because she then decides if he's going to be a sexist twit and won't give her a go on his boat. She sees him in the yacht club and he says, oh, no, I keep the birds for the fun times. Lynn is now talking to this brilliant yachtswoman about joining her crew. And it's an all-female crew. Is that and the she skipper says, she was talking yeah, about? Yeah, that's right. Because like, I kind of... She went like, oh, I was talking to this skipper last night yeah. and I felt like I'd heard skipper banded around as yeah. this term, right? And it seemed to me that skippers... Yeah, I know what a skipper means, but the way that people were talking about skippers, it was like almost that they were these alien life forms. They could come down and grant people wishes, right? And like, <laughs> they were somewhere between like aliens... And fairies. Yeah, genies may be right. If you got a skipper on side, like if you could catch one, maybe in a lobster pot or something, right? You could get them to make your turn your life for the better. It felt that people were talking about skippers. Like, And when she said, I met this skipper last night, yeah. and I didn't remember that scene, I was um... like, I wonder where you would meet a skipper. And it felt like like you would have to go down to a cove or something, yeah. do some rituals, and a skipper might materialise and grant you boons. 
Anyway, that's what's happened. That's, that's you're, you're pretty much bang on there. Yeah. You? Yeah. So she's talked to this. I've abstractified it a bit, but only a bit. Mythical creature. The mythical creature yes, says mythical... you can come out sailing with me, and Lynn's delighted. Yes. All she cares about is sailing. Have one thing Skipper was a woman, though. Yes, she See, was. See, now that seems quite progressive mm. for Howard's I think way. it is, because the whole of her crew are women. There are no men on her boat. And this becomes important later. She could be like the Valkyries, right, <laughs> who fight Penhaligon. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> going to happen. No, in a way, Andy, you need to watch an episode later in the series where that actually does happen. It's fantastic. Anyway, we have to move on from the Valkyries. Mm. So they've agreed to go sailing. Leo is now, because he's yeah. miserably... Oh, Rodney, he's, yeah. Rodney has agreed to decorate Avril's hall. That doesn't sound <laughs> rude at all. <laughs> and um, she's, she's not long moved back to Tarrant, which is the place where this is set. And, and she's got <laughs> hideous floral wallpaper in this rented cottage she lives in, which is called Thatched Cottage, but isn't thatched. Big sign outside saying Thatched Cottage. That's like in the thatched. Naked Gun where everything Things just called the post office <laughs> yes. and the doctors, except that there isn't a Thatcher, so it's like an even funnier naked gun, even cleverer. But anyway, he's passive aggressively painting her hallway and trying not to say, he never says anything like, Do you fancy my dad? Or, Oh, I'd love I to thought passively you aggressively me. paint your hallway, love. Yeah, well, he does, and yeah. she, she kind of appreciates it, but yeah. you know, there's no, yeah. there's no heat there. Uh-huh. Um, and meanwhile, Jack goes to see Kate, so these are gravelly man. Yeah. Oh, it's and Kate, lovely, the old woman. Lovely old lady. Is it Kate or Kay? Kate. Yeah. So I got. So, so they're she's, friends. Is yeah. this the one where she says like, "Oh, drinking won't solve anything, That's, Jack. Yes. You come out with the same problems as you've gone in with," and he just goes, That's it. "It's not the good old bad old days, Kate." <laughs> exactly. He criticizes the way she's growing her petunias, and then she gives him a lecture on drinking. It's pretty heavy stuff, isn't it? <laughs> Very heavy stuff. Yeah. The petunia scene. I think they borrowed later for the wire. <laughs> I sense you mock this show. No, so she's way. she's trying to mollify him. Um, but Kate also is now... The, I don't know if I should even impart any more information about who's related to who because you'll probably have a brain aneurysm. Um, but Kate is mother of Boutique Lady. Oh, really? Mother-in-law no, I didn't of pick Tom that up the at, Boat. Yeah, so, yeah. Tom mm-hmm. the Boat. Do you Tom call him the, that? Tom the Boat. Tom the Boat. No, he's Howard. And um, under <laughs> the um, YouTube link that you may have been watching, the next thing we see is Jan. She's talking to Tom about work and he's not really listening. And someone has written quite simply, her hair is getting bigger. Wow. <laughs> I, I'd like to that <laughs> Which I think with the business acumen, her hair just gets higher. Yeah, that's yeah. usually how it works. It's yeah. a symbol amongst the business folks. How many views did this episode have? I didn't even look oh, on YouTube. Oh, I don't know. That would be quite and none interesting. of them have that many, and it's been up since 2012. No, no, I know. None of them have that many. Well, because, I, you know, there is a box set with commentary, for, you know, so why would you watch it on YouTube if you could... Well, what, you what number of, in the sales rank at Amazon is that box set? <laughs> I don't know. We could triangulate got, and figure out... I've got out. two copies upstairs. That's probably half the stock, isn't it? It probably is. Um, although after this podcast becomes huge, obviously they're going to have to reissue it. I so. think they'd watch my version of it. <laughs> <laughs> with the kelpie and the lobster but I don't know anyway okay oh no it said on your on your website it says one of your favourite words is captain I thought you'd yeah. be deploying that more throughout in this context so that'd be quite I've moved on from that that's our outmoded information oh, well, you should update your website I might put skipper now <laughs> it's misleading I think skipper Isn't, you're misleading <laughs> in this scene as well where her hair's getting bigger and she's talking about her business acumen yeah. I think Tom This is. I think he's drinking a can of Stella oh I saw something like that it yeah. was a bit fuzzy though on it's the YouTube it's a bit fuzzy yeah, but I think I it's unmistakably a can of 
with Stella. Was it? And he oh, does passive aggressively at one point empty the, the can into a glass. He's not a monster, he doesn't drink from yeah, the can. Yeah. But then he sort of slams the can into the dustbin in the yeah. kitchen. And I'm pretty sure it's, uh, yeah, obviously yeah. no recycling back in 85. Not in so. space. Not, not in space. It goes straight out the airlock. It does. Yeah, you via think it was the space lager. Space. Stella! Oh! With an R! Anyway, the, the married couple have a brief moment together. It's really not very friendly. And Jan says, I didn't realise we drifted so very far apart. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he says, neither did I. Mm. So anyway, we're back to Kate and Jack, who are still talking. Yeah. And she basically tells him to own up to the fact that the bank are about to foreclose yeah. Yeah, on the business. Yeah, they've just gone on and on about that. But he says, all right, I will tomorrow. And then as he's getting into the office in the morning, he's too late because Tom and Avril open a letter that's come through yeah, the post. Yeah, yeah. Avril and Jack are kind of going at each other because she's annoyed with him and he won't face the fact that the boatyard needs to start making fiberglass boats, not bloody yeah, wood. Yeah, this is my thing, right? It's mm. like, answer me in all honesty, right? Does it feel like the story of Howard's Way could have been told not in 79 episodes, <laughs> but let's say, in, I don't know, three? No. Move on. <laughs> yeah, carry on. <laughs> so Lynn, Lynn says to her mum in their kitchen, so says to Boutique Lady, that she might have a place crewing on the Fastnet race. And Lynn's mum is all of a dither and very worried and says, don't you remember that tragedy? Like 15 people died right, or something. I do remember yeah. her saying that. Uh, but obviously Lynn, once she's got an idea in her head and it's to do with sailing, she won't listen to she's, anyone. She's a maverick. There's, there's quite a lot of single focus characters and her only focus is... Right. In one episode, um, she actually says... I think I actually do love boats more than people. Wow, that's good. Which is fine. Pretty on the nose, isn't it? Know thyself and all that. So Jan doesn't want her to go, but she's determined. Maybe I'll call her Cat. Cat? Short for Catamaran. (laughs) Actually, oh, that's so weird. So you don't remember... That's wow, that was spooky. What? So later in the series, it's not really a spoiler. I don't remember, I haven't seen it. What? This is mad. Go Someone on. you must have you must have known psychically no. somehow. Oh, go on. So Tom designs this prototype and that does well. And then later, later on, he designs a catamaran, which he calls the Lynette. Oh, that's after bizarre. His daughter. That's crazy. That's really I just spooky. made it happen backwards. I know. <laughs> that was a magical moment yeah. of just a pure synergy. Anyway, yeah. so, so whenever Lynn goes out sailing, we get the theme tune again. So it feels like the end of the episode, but it's not. Yeah, I love the it when the theme tune comes in. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is a thing, that theme if tune. If there's any kind of people happy at sea sequence, if there's ever a sequence like that, then the theme tune is automatically just brought back in because it's like happy on the water oh. music. That's what that music means. Uh-huh. That's what it means, what it means to well, me. Do you know what that piece is called? It's just called Howard's Way. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> Although there's the jaunty version of it over the end credits. Yeah. It's called Barracuda. Oh, Barracuda? Most... Yeah, because that's the name of the boat that Tom is about to design and, and make loads of money for. Barracuda from. seems like it's the wrong name, doesn't it? No, I don't I mean, it's, do you it's get a barrac- fish that jumps through the waves. Yeah, really. but do you get Barracuda off the coast of Southampton? Probably not. So maybe not call it Barracuda? <laughs> It seems a lot more like Bahaman or something, or a Caribbean. Fact, I think when I Googled it, because I did try and look up what happened to some of the boats on the show, because I really, I genuinely wanted to know. And, um, yeah, Barracuda is some kind of leisure sailing vessel somewhere hot like that. But the flying fish... Now, this is only interesting to me, and, Andy, you can just have a small nap while I talk about this. Not at all. The flying fish is the boat in the opening titles. It's the boat that Lynn loves so much that oh, they had to sell. Oh. Is that the one that killed 15 people? <laughs> Is it? No, that's a different... Sorry, oh, God, on. I hope not. Maybe. What a terrible thing. Anyway, yeah. it's really a boat called The Flying Fish. Right, oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, so I Googled that. It's better than Barracuda. I looked it up, 
And it's the most dramatic thing. There's incredible footage, video footage and photographs. In 2009, the Flying Fish, which is still owned by people down on the south coast, was in a race in the Hamble Estuary, which is just just coming out of the Solent. I'm aware of the Hamble Estuary. No, 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 you're not. (laughs) Thank you very much. Um, And it was it was in a race for the play school character. No. So the Flying Fish was in a race in the Hamble Estuary. (laughs) Pretty sure. Big Ted was piloting his flying fish up the Hamble Estuary. <laughs> Hi, that folks. sounds all kinds of wrong. No. But anyway, the like flying fish was way. hit by another boat. Oh, yeah. There's a massive hole in the hull. There's a massive boat hole <laughs> in the hull. It sank. Yeah, it was at Humpty in the uh, other boat. But just the mast was sticking out. There's a photograph of yeah, that. Yeah. Then they had to, like, refloat it. Yeah. And then the, there was a really dramatic quote from the owners saying, the flying fish will sail again. Wow. And then the trail goes cold and I need to know what happened. But that was very There's the Mary Celeste, there's the Mary Rose, (laughs) there's the Titanic, there's the flying goddamn fish, isn't there? It's up there with the greats, or maybe down there. Everyone who was sailing her, boats are she, obviously. Yeah. Everyone who was sailing her got out before it sank, they said it's fine. Anyway, so Lynn's sailing, lovely music, la 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 la. La la la, yeah. And then Tom. Yeah who is Howard, basically asks his wife, who's already really pissed off that he keeps on making decisions without her permission, yeah, yeah. has asked her to put their house up as collateral. That's right, I've got a line so about that. So he can that. save the yard. Hold on, I've got a note. I've got <laughs> notes, folks. I'm not even lying. It's terrible what this so woman's he, done to me. He goes to see Jan at work. He's already really unhappy. He's an old, unreconstructed buffer who doesn't like the fact that his wife is working full-time. Never mind working for Ken Masters, who's... Masters! Yeah. Is there a Meadows as well? No. That's how I meant them, Masters. Uh, Masters is Ken. Masters yeah. kept getting referred to, right? And I think I thought it might be Ken at some point yeah, or Masters, Captain Spaceman, Masters. but I wasn't sure, right? And, like, to me, Masters was this amazing, sinister, off-screen presence who was... He was like Mr. Big to me. Oh. Part of me thought he might be Ken, I won't lie, but I wasn't okay, sure. Well. I was like, we never see... One of my notes is that somewhere it's along the lines of, we never see Masters, <laughs> the, the sinister Masters. Oh, you've watched a whole different show. I Hell love yeah, it. I really have. The show have. in your head is so interesting. I love the show in my head. Anyway, so Tom asked her to sign the house over. She's really ticked off. And then Ken walks into the office and kind of taunts Tom a bit because he knows that Tom is jealous of him. Yeah, that's right. That's, at that point, he seemed very much married to um, mm-hmm. Boutique Lady again. Yeah, I Because know. he sort of... But then in real life, you, you see... know, those two did get married. Did they? Mm. I'm making all the right You're connections. You're actually more that's perceptive a... than you could ever know. No, no. <laughs> so I'm, I'm ironically very non-perceptive about how perceptive I am, which is very perceptive. This is really good. I'm enjoying myself. I hope this is what you wanted because this is what you're getting. No, it's brilliant, genuinely. I can't thank you enough. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so Ken then puts poison in Jan's ear when Tom storms off. He tells her... Yeah, I've got him him down as a a watery, spacey Argo. He is, he is. You're exactly right. I've never heard him described that way before, but you're totally correct. And then, weirdly, because obviously remember, Tom and Jan are married... Then Ken advises Jan yeah. to buy her husband out of the ho- the home they share. Yeah, this is pretty much when I thought he was married to her. Very odd. So he's basically saying, make yourself financially independent from your husband. Mm. But like, they're not even talking about getting divorced or anything like this. It's, no. weird. it's a very odd. He's really advice. trying it on. But anyway, he's a shifter. And then as they're shifter. coming out of wherever they're coming out of, they're coming out of the yacht club or something. Yeah. I know that's right. They have they have this outdoor lunch, don't they? They bump into Charles. At the yacht club, and he basically sort of waggles his eyebrows and says, "Who's the lovely lady?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I he's implied moustache to me again at that point. Yeah, no, he's he about is. to become Charles when he goes to see Chunko Belt. 
That's right. Yes, he is. To me, I understood that. Then. So we quickly now pop into inner city Southampton. Yeah, this is weird. This where is we when see Rod- Dowdy Abbey working. Yeah, his- yeah, Rodney from Only Fools and Horses <laughs> had a strange relationship with a mousy teacher who looks like his sister. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, that sums them up. I can, I, can, I can do the next bit of this. Rodney gave his sister a ride to her bedsit. She invited him in for coffee. Yeah. Rodney's sister was pregnant, but she's having an abortion. She told him this and then said she prefers not to talk about it, if yeah. you don't mind. If you don't mind. Yeah, yeah there's, pretty, a, there's, a strange, that, there's a strange chewing and throwing between those two. And then Tom tells the guys back at the yard that he's been to the, the bank for a meeting, yeah, of course offered he does. them an alternative plan. Yeah, Jack's furious right. again. He says, I'm not turning my yard into a bloody plastic I wrote toy that down. Factory. I've got that line. <laughs> he goes, he says that, right? Oh, but he doesn't just say that. He, he does something even more amazing with Go that on. line. He says this. I've told you time and time again, <laughs> I am not turning my yard into a plastic toy factory. Now, nice, to me, nice. who didn't know anything about the wooden bit and the plastic bit, this was the first I've heard of a plastic toy factory, right? <laughs> and so, right. And then uh, he was very adamant, I've written, but I have no idea what he meant, even though he's apparently been telling Howard time and time again. He has. And, you know, he, crazy. he can't say it it's... for too much longer. It's getting a bit repetitive. Right. <laughs> so Tom and Avril are obviously, you know, in agreement that they must move forward into the future, but... make plastic boats... Avril did a thing where she said she has enough percentage on the board That's to Avril, override her yeah. father's wishes. Oh That's yeah, Jack's you're right. Daughter. I was pretty confused about Tom and Jack at that wow. point. Still, so you have the. I have this thing where I'm. I'm. A, I'm apparently a super recogniser. Oh yeah. So um, I can recognise anyone's face in any context. You got anywhere. all the extra RAM that I did, and for you that. literally have like none of that. Nah, the opposite. Wow. I'm just like, as far as I know, I could definitely be talking to like any number a, of women right now. I don't I, know who you are. If I turn around and take my glasses off and look back at you, you'll be like, "Hi, I'm Andy." Yeah, maybe. That's so weird. It's not good. Right. I once asked this girl a name at a party <laughs> and she said, yeah, just friendly. Yeah. And she said, um, we have actually met oh. on a number of occasions. <gasps> oh, ow. That's how bad I am. Oh, I'm sorry for your yeah, difficulty. <laughs> it's all right. You know, I make it up in other ways. So Abby points out, so not Abby, God, Avril, another A. Chunko Belt, yeah. Chunko Belt, God, Avril. it's like you've never watched this. <laughs> <laughs> points out that with her and Tom... Their combined share is 55% of the boatyard. That means Jack only has 45%, which means they get to tell him what to do, which he will not like. No, he will not. So they push him around, which someone needs to. He's a silly old git, he really is, and he's telling what to do. And meanwhile, Abby and Leo have their talk where he's trying to sort of defrost her icy exterior and she's not having any of it back in the grim bedsit. I you remember that just like growing up, being basically told like the worst thing that could happen to you is to be pregnant in a bedsit. <laughs> Um, I remember some of that sentence. Other bits weren't relevant to me, but like yeah, I remember looking like the worst thing that could happen to you. I'll tell you, you don't what, be pregnant in a bit looking too. looking through loot in the old days yeah. when you were just you know recently been kicked out of college, <laughs> and for example, and like looking through loot and bed sits you were just like I don't want to live in no. that I don't think it's going to be me writing Blue by Joni Mitchell I think it's going no. to be me not having a good time not and everyone sharing a really small sink. And they're like, the wall's been quite sweaty and there's a single light bulb. That's in my head. That's what the bedsit looks like. Yeah, and you know what you've done? You've just put up a massive throw on the wall just to try yes, and cheer up the fucking To cover place. up the damp, yeah. like an ethnic throw. Uh, I think I did do that in some of my flats. Anyway, back on Charles's yacht, back to the luxury of his oh, the luxury. power cruiser. Um, he's having his 4pm with Ken, which obviously they swap the champagne for scotch because it's 4pm. Their business people always have scotch in this context. Oh, business men, sorry, uh-huh. drink scotch. They don't really have it with ice generally, which I find disgusting, but still. 
So Jan comes up again because Charles keeps on prodding Ken and saying, she's very beautiful, that lady I saw you with. Who is she? She's very beautiful. Um, she's always talked about as beautiful Jan constantly. Oh, Charles was saying that. Yeah. Ken, spaceman right. Ken, yeah. gets quite protective and sort of says, you know, well, I wouldn't go there because she's married, but clearly he would. Oh, he's, he's so go there. He's he been trying no... to go there all the time when, yeah. when moustache isn't around. Yeah, morals of an alley cat. There's no way that he'd let that stop him. They stand around on the deck of the yacht holding scotches and again, don't really come to any conclusions because, oh, you know, be good if they, they never Scotch do. Eggs. Sorry, Scotch I'm just... <laughs> Word associating now. <laughs> That'd be good. Yeah, in my one, they will. In Howard's new groove, it will just be Scotch Ends at business meetings. <laughs> so then this is when we cut back Bag to Abby and Leo. In the, in the, yeah, go on, go on. Abby and Leo in the bedsit of Demon. She goes, I'm pregnant. Oh, yeah. I'm having an abortion. Shut up. Uh, and then uh, meanwhile, Lynn is back at the Howard house. Aye. She hasn't left home yet. And she tells her dad that she's going to race in the fast net. Now, normally this would have Tom bouncing off the walls because the only thing that father and daughter really have in common is that they love sailing together. But he's strangely uh, distracted because he's got other things on his mind. You mean, oh, he'd be... Would he like her racing? Yes, no. yes, oh, he'd, he'd be oh, delighted. He, was he in favour of her... Who was against her racing her again? Her mum. Oh, Boutique Lady. Yeah, Boutique Lady's like, no, don't What does go, she want dangerous. the daughter to do? Oh, I don't know. Just marry someone rich, probably. Oh, yeah. yeah. So then we see Charles in his Rolls Royce, which this is the first time you see the number plate. Yeah, CF1. Anyway, so CF1 pulls up in front of Thatched Cottage, which means Charles has come to annoy Avril again. So the two of them yeah. were a thing in London yeah. for a long time. Right. He said, will you marry me? She was like, oh, my God, yeah. Right. And then he went to America yeah. without telling her, came back and went, oh, sorry, love, I got married when I was out there. And she was heartbroken and fled back to her father in her hometown. I can sum up this scene with my notes. Please do. Implied moustache. I moustache. I moustache. <laughs> I moustache tried inviting her to dinner, but she was having none of it. None. Soon it was strictly business and more talk of loans and merchant banks. Implied moustache maybe wasn't implied moustache. I may have gotten confused. He was Charles. That's where I realised he was Charles. Hey. And had a personalised number plate. There you go. Yeah. But then instantly, my very next note is 70s hanger on with square glasses drove a boat. So <laughs> then I just clocked that implied moustache was Charles. I instantly then thought he was a new wow. character. And so then I, yeah, spirit of the 70s stroke, 70s holdout was I his name. I can see. So when he put his shades on, it confused you. Well, they were brilliant shades. They're, they were very cool, actually. I could, I could see you in those. So we go, we go straight from a scene where he's sort of saying, first of all, have dinner with me and then I'm going to crush your dad's business and buy the boatyard. Because he wants, again, waterfront locations he seems th- quite keen on. I think she called him selfish in this scene, yeah. I remember. Yeah, he is selfish. So you're only out for yourself or something like that. He's ruthless. He doesn't give a shit about anyone else. She didn't go that far. Spirit but... of the 80s, not the, not the 70s. Of... Yeah. Oh, sure. It's not a brilliant edit, this, because you go from a scene with Charles and Avril. Yeah. Normally you never have a mm. character in one scene and then straight away in another scene. Yeah. But then we see him driving his swanky motorised yacht. Yeah, like an absolute monster. Up and down, around and around in the grey sea on his own. Yeah. And the music says, he is so alone. But well, I don't feel sorry for him. No, I, I didn't. But I was fascinated by this amazing new character. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> I was like, who's this guy? I, I didn't He's even so noti- enigmatic I, just driving yeah, around the yeah, sea. And, and so to, the music that was alone for you, it was just like, no, it's mysterious uh, for me. It's okay. mysterious. So because probably, you didn't know who he was. Maybe Masters. Wow. Spirit of the 70s. <laughs> One more scene of Jack whinging to Kate now. And then we go back to Jan and Tom. Yeah, I've got this. Howard and Boutique Lady were at loggerheads, even bigger loggerheads than before. Yeah. Boutique Lady talked about Ken all the time. Oh, then Rodney God. came home and saw his parents, I think, arguing. Yeah, he hears them arguing. He's done this before, Leo. He comes in, they're shouting, and he, he again doesn't come in and say stop shouting he either goes passive aggressively up to his bedroom uh, or he passive aggressively puts his helmet back on and goes yeah, yeah. back on his bike I, yeah I took, so yeah go no to say so you're right jan mentions ken often yeah yeah and at uh, the final straw is when she says 
Ken was right. You're so bloody selfish. Oh, that's so that's where it comes from. And and Tom is then obviously enraged that she's been talking about their marriage to essentially his love rival. And then I I noted down the last exchange of the piece, Mm. which is uh, to me this was sort of a microcosm of (laughs) what had gone before. Really, I mean, this was the cliffhanger. It was basically Howard goes. I have to go to the bank tomorrow with firm proposals, and I need your decision. And then she says. I've given you my decision. It's no. And that's the out. <laughs> that's it. And it's like on EastEnders, right? Yeah. Some bloke would just be shot in the head by a syringe or something, you know, or murdered by his own brother having returned to the square. Yeah. But this is like, I have to go to the bank, have to go to the bank tomorrow <laughs> with firm proposals. Like, I love that they put firm proposals. It's like that will make it more dramatic. And then, and I need your decision. It's amazing. <laughs> but I see, this is why I love Howard's Way. Yeah. Because people, hoping we get onto- people kind of remember it as like the British answer to Dallas or Dynasty and all that kind of stuff. And it kind of wasn't because the stakes were always so much lower than that. Yeah. And you didn't I need the word like- kind of in that sentence. Okay, because they were, okay, they, the stakes were yeah, lower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I respect no. that and I like that because I don't always want to see things about oil wells blowing up or murders or aliens landing. like sometimes i just want to see people, people talking about their lives i find that interesting do you though yes i do oh, that's all right but yes, i mean i do would... i'm quite high pitched there you did. defensively you, high pitched you did i'm going to counteract it with this basso <laughs> profondo but we, we do also see by the way just before we get to the end of the episode yeah. when they're arguing tom grabs jan roughly by the arm oh yeah that's a bit much i think i don't think he should i actually that. i even didn't notice that because mm. i was concentrating on the amazing dialogue i really was <laughs> i had to rewind it and take it down on my notes anyway howard's way is finished how do you feel well uh i feel different okay you how? know well before i saw howard's way i was very much in the dark and <laughs> After seeing Howard's Way, I feel like I feel like I'm in the dark, but I'm, <laughs> oh, no. but it's a different dark. <laughs> okay. Or like I'm aware of some of the kind of shapes that might be lurking in the dark. Shapes of life, shapes of thought, really. Shapes boats. of belief systems, boats, merchant bankers, just shapes. You couldn't say of Howard's Way, all of life is here. You couldn't say he who was tired of Howard's way is tired of life. <laughs> but you could say that like something happened. But yeah. if you were to elaborate further on what that was it was a lot of people going for a walk uh having a lunch and it was people going shopping i'm soothed by all of that I, I i found it absolutely bewildering i've got to tell okay. you i didn't know I'll take I, bewildered. I, no, but, and as it went on i was just like my question is do you enjoy the show ironically no I, God, no, no that's good because no, no. i can't stand that I'm not one of those no tickets. no no i didn't think you were no, but, no, I really but love it. this is how in the dark i am that okay. i would have to ask you such a question <laughs> it's like, I, I'm, I'm just curious to know like okay why you enjoy it, really, or how you enjoy it? What is your way? What well, is Julia's way? Well, my way, way yeah. Rayside's Why way. Why don't you call this Julia's way? Because <laughs> it's not mine. It's it's Howard's. Oh. There's Come a massive on. element of nostalgia. Yeah, I love Simon May's music. Oh yeah, um, the music's amazing. I watched it with my mum and dad. My dad it used to be a sailing instructor, and my mum really likes okay. the Isle of Wight. And they're kind of that was the one thing we all watched together and agreed we liked. The, so there's a there's the, a lot of the, nostalgia. The music the, sounded yeah. to me, and it was mm. amazing. And Simon May is amazing. He is amazing. amazing. But that theme tune sounds to me like some weird bastard child of the (laughs) theme tune of Tales from the Unexpected with Father Ted played by the whitest people on earth. Do, 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 do. Well, now, we get on to the music. As is traditional, you've agreed very kindly to sing your own version of the theme tune. So thank you very much for coming. And thank you, Andy Stanton, for being always there. And thank you. Julia, for having your way with me. 
That's amazing. Yeah, I'm that having was, that for the that next one. That was good, wasn't it? Okay, um, Andy Stanton, take it away. Cherry glue. I found some cherry glue. Don't know what cherry glue is, but I found some. On sale at a market in Spain. That's what I wrote over Howard's way. It's called Cherry Glue. 